Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. Satellite Sisters, welcome to the show. Whoa, this has been a month, huh? It is uh, Sunday, September 30th, which, by the by, is Sheila Dolan's birthday. So we're waiting for Sheila to phone in. We had to start the recording a little bit early today to accommodate competing sister schedules. But I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, joined by Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Hello, Julie. Hi, sisters. Good to be with you. And Monica Dolan in Portland, Oregon, sounding a little bit sneezy today. A little bit stuffed up, Liz. A little bit stuffed up. But good to talk to you guys. We haven't done this in a while. Right, right. It's <laughs> been it's been a month. And uh, as I said, uh, Sheila is on notice, so she's going to uh, dial in whenever she gets in position. It's not always as easy as it seems. But we have we have a lot of news to review because we started to record last week's show, right, Julie? And yes. then the, the Skype gremlins got in the way, and then despite people's best efforts to get back to it during the week... This was just not the week where that was going to happen. Uh, no, we had some life-changing events going on this week, Liz. So uh, Yes, we did. I, yeah, we did. Anyway, so, but you have some very, very happy news in your family. Yes, and I really want to share this with everyone. I am so proud and happy to say that my daughter-in-law, Vera, became an American citizen. How great is that? Okay. That's, that's very exciting. You know, and sisters, I have to tell you, it was one of the most inspiring and thrilling days I've had in a long time. Uh, Vera has been, for six years, this has been, she's been working on her American citizenship. She grew up in Kyrgyzstan. She is ethnically Russian, so she has a Russian passport. Uh, she met my son in Moscow. They got married. They, live in, they lived in London. They moved to Dallas. And she's been working on becoming an American citizen, and she wanted to do it as soon as she could because, how about this, Monica, she wants to vote in the election. Good for her, yeah. Okay, so she... Now, Julie, the last installment of this story we heard, she was just signed up to take the test. So things obviously escalated. Escalated. So she went um, to take the test. Nana was doing babysitting, got got a call. And so she called right after the test to say... Everything went fine with the test, and guess what? She got her name on the list for the swearing-in ceremony the same day. Okay. (laughs) Really? You have to just spring into action there. I know. Hello, this is the U.S. government. How is that possible? (laughs) There wasn't some bureaucracy. Because usually there's a two-month delay. But there it was. You know, we got the call. Three hours. We had to pull ourselves together to go to the swearing-in ceremony. So, Monica, I immediately went to the party store to get flags, okay? (laughs) I wanted to buy a large flag to give as a gift. And then, of course, for the grandchildren, I wanted them each to have flags, little flags, to be holding during the ceremony because... You know that's going to look good in a picture, right? Yes, right. <laughs> yes. I also dashed out. I mean, I thought I was going to have time to plan a party. Uh, you know, I got an American flag cake made. I, I ordered that over the phone uh, so that because for the celebration after the swearing-in ceremony, and I ran over to get. Um, some kind of present for Vera. I ended up getting her a beautiful red, white, and blue scarf and a red, white, and blue necklace. So I thought that was, that was good. But I mean, it was a scramble. 
we went to we went to this beautiful new federal building um, in Dallas where they were having the, the swearing in ceremony, and uh, there were seventy four applicants um, that were sworn in on that day, and it was in a big auditorium, brand new, beautiful, with the American flag, the Texas flag, and a life size plastic statue of liberty. Okay, don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> It made for some nice pictures, too, after the ceremony to be with your family in front of the Statue of Liberty. Now, wait a minute, Julie. When you say life-size, you mean like human life-size or the size of the real Statue of Liberty? Well, maybe not as big as the real Statue of Liberty. But, but large. Large. Not a little table. Not okay. a table size. You know, it was, not your table, Liberty. No, 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 no. It was big. And so I have to say, our U.S. government... Or uh, let me just put it this way. If you really want to understand or remember, you know, everything that is great in America, you should go to a swearing-in ceremony because it was, it was certainly the, the most inspiring and moving public ceremony I've ever been to in my entire life. Wow. There, were, there were 74 applicants, so they were sitting up front, and then there were their families and friends. And, you know, the, the, the applicants were from 29 countries. And what, um, what the commissioner um, uh, who led the swearing-in ceremony did um, was he had, eat, as he did a roll call of all the countries that the applicants were from. And it's, you know, it was just gave you chills to hear him say, Angola, Sudan. Vietnam, you know, uh, Malaysia, Brazil, Russia, China, I mean, just on and on. And as he read each country, the, the, the applicants from, those, from that country would stand up uh, to, get, to get recognition. Wow, that does sound dramatic. I'm, just, I'm getting chills just hearing you describe it. And they had two giant uh, uh, video screens in this auditorium, and they started off the, uh, the ceremony, of course, by singing the Star Spangled Banner, you know, and you could follow along the bouncing ball so everybody could sing. How great is that? <laughs> nice. I'm sure your grandchildren enjoyed that part. Well, yeah, they this uh, sort of, but then they had a really lovely video. Just it was called Faces of Immigration, with these beautiful black and white photographs of Ellis Island, the Statue of Liberty, and some of the early waves of immigrants. And this is when my five-year-old granddaughter leaned over to me and said, "Nana, why isn't that in color?" She wanted the. <laughs> <laughs> She's right. It would be better in color. She's right. But, you know, they, they, then they all have to stand up, and everybody does, and they have to pledge an, an oath to the Constitution and pledge an oath, oath to protect the country. And, you know, you think about, your, you know, what your res- roles and responsibilities are as an American citizen when you hear, you know, it's very, very profound. And you can see how seriously people took, the, took this event. And the commissioner who led the event was just talking about what a journey it has been for, for the people that are in that room. And, you know, it, you know it is. I mean, I know my daughter-in-law's journey. But, you know, for many people, they have been in the country 18 years or it has taken them a long time. They've come from all over the world to become American citizens. And that and they also talked about the great opportunity that there is in this country that you, you know, and they encourage them to be the best that they could possibly be, to give their best 
to their, you know, to their families, to their communities, and to their country. And they, you know, they also talked about the responsibility of being an American, that, you know, they expect you to vote, you can, you know, run for office, get involved with your community, you know, and that, it was, it was just so inspiring to see, and you could, you know, everybody was nodding their heads, and, you know, and a lot of people were crying. I mean, <laughs> How many people in your family were crying? Everybody? <laughs> were you? No, everyone but, um, but Benjamin, the three-year-old. He really was crying. But he, but he cries at a lot of things. He does cry a lot at a lot of things. But what really inspired him, Monica, that after they, you know, we did, they did a pledge to the Constitution, and then everybody stands up and does the Pledge of Allegiance. And then they finished off this great and, you know, well-timed ceremony with Lee Greenwood's song, God Bless the USA. <laughs> Monica? That's the one that Benjamin loved. He stood up on his chair, and he was singing, God bless the USA. He loved that. And I think to have a little touch of country western, I don't know if they have a different song that they play in different parts of the country (laughs) in the ceremony, but it was just great. And there at the back of the room, uh, League of Women Voters was there to, you know, to give out packets and to sign people up so that they could they could uh, participate in the presidential election. So I'm telling you, we were thrilled. And we were were also starved at the end of this because, again, we had no uh, advance plans. It's now 2.30 in the afternoon. So you know what new Americans do when they're just become Americans? You go go to Chili's. We we went to Hillstones, which used to be Houston's, and we ordered these giant cheeseburgers, okay? (laughs) Perfect. It's like this is this is an America. We're in America now. We're going to eat big cheeseburgers and uh, and enjoy it. But it really, it was just so thrilling, and it was so thrilling for Vera. It's something she really wanted to do. She made it happy, and to see you know happen, and to see my son and daughter. I mean, the other thing they talked about is that becoming an American is such a great gift for your children too because then they're automatically Americans. And that, so the whole generational thing that you come and now, you know, your family, all of your traditions, you know, um, be, you know, come into America and enrich our country. So it was great. That does sound great. What a nice moment for your whole family, Julie. That is fantastic. And so when did you eat the cake? After the giant cheeseburgers? Yes, absolutely, Liz, because that's what you do in America. You overeat, right? <laughs> <laughs> then you sit around and watch football. Well, yeah, you know, unfortunately no football on that day, but we, we had a we had a great we had a great day. Oh, so, congratulations. Uh, that's great. Sounds amazing. Well, I had a, my week was not so amazing, uh, but I had a little uh, communication fail last weekend that was sort of, uh, it sort of bordered on something that might happen to Sheila. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh-oh, sounds bad. So I, I had to work both days last weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then Sunday night I had scheduled to go to this meeting in downtown Portland. So, you know, I work doing clinical trials, and a lot of times these clinical trials will have big national meetings. So one of the trials that my colleague works on, he's in charge of, they were having their big national meeting in Portland, which was unusual, you know, place to have a big meeting, but 
one of the doctors who runs the trials, a big fan of Portland. So it was a beautiful weekend. They decided to have the meeting here. So I was invited to the Sunday night. Uh, the email said it was going to be an early working dinner. So there was going to be like a meeting and a dinner. And no one else in my office volunteered to go. And I thought, you know, we're sort of the host city there, um, so I should go. And the other guy that I work with was going. But I never really got um, the details. <laughs> okay. And exactly. I, and at one point, this you know, this all happened like two months ago, and I responded to the email, yes. And I heard him mention something about the waterfront Marriott, so the Marriott downtown. And when I when I was reviewing the email, it just said an early working dinner. So I figured it might start at 5 o'clock, like people would fly into Portland on Sunday. And I was thinking like 5 or 5.30. So, but I never got the confirmation. <laughs> uh, but I felt obligated to go because I said I was going to go. So here comes Sunday afternoon. It's beautiful out. You know, I have to get dressed. I take a shower. I had a pretty cute outfit, thought of Sheila. So I had a kind of a cute outfit, but casual. You know, I wanted to look nice, but not too dressed up. Uh, I put makeup on, and I actually made some effort to blow dry my hair because I think you all know I got that horrendous Supercuts haircut <laughs> last month. And Leon told me it would look really bad growing out, and she's absolutely right. It looked <laughs> It looks even worse than the day it got cut now that it's growing out. It's just, it's it's a bad situation there on the right side of my head. So, took some effort, drive down to the Portland Waterfront Marriott, uh, got cheap parking on the street. I'm glad I did that. And then, you know, when you go into those big hotels and they're hosting events and meetings there's always sort of the events of the day menu sure you go look at the board and you find your meeting but you see that the chemist society is also meeting other things are happening no yeah there was uh, i think that night uh one of the meetings was like the idaho water bureau yeah Uh, yeah and i didn't see anything that looked like the investigators meeting for this study that we're doing so i get to the front desk she said oh no i'm sorry we don't have we're not having that meeting here. And then I thought, uh-oh, I really should have gotten the details on this. <laughs> you just made a few assumptions that turned out to be faulty. <laughs> exactly, Liz. And so she said, well, maybe it's at the other Marriott. And I said, okay, maybe it's at the other Marriott. So I get the phone number, call the other Marriott. Nope, they're not having a meeting there. So then I thought, I started calling every single hotel in downtown Portland. And I was, I said, are you having any kind of a dinner meeting tonight? And the name of the study was Alias. I said, for the Alias study. <laughs> and when she was, after I called the sixth hotel, she goes, uh, well, we have a meeting for Adidas. And I said, no, no. That's <laughs> But that's, but you know, I, at that point, I probably should have just gone to the Adidas dinner meeting. So it was obvious I was in trouble here. So I pull out my $10 cell phone. I call this guy, leave him a couple of messages. But I fear, oh, he must be driving downtown to the meeting, yeah. the early working dinner meeting. Uh, that's why he can't answer his cell phone. And, you know, I, I waited probably an hour. And so finally I sent a text 
And you know, I don't often text because my phone is so cheap. You have to scroll through each individual letter. So I just sent him a text that said, where's dinner? It was all (laughs) no space. Very professional, Monica. (laughs) Where's dinner? And that's when he called me back about 15 minutes later. And he said, oh, wow, I thought I told you the whole meeting was canceled. Oh, wow. I, oh, <laughs> I, I said, you know, Darren, I said, you're lucky that it's a beautiful night out. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> you know, I was all dressed up. So that was it. There was no meeting that night. Uh, so there I was downtown. So I decided it was beautiful out. So I just walked to a very nice restaurant a couple of blocks away and had a little dinner for myself there. Okay. <laughs> that sounds delightful. And you, there's, you don't have any bitterness towards Darren at all? No, you know, I don't because it got me up and out of the house. And like I told him, if it had been a cold, rainy night and I had paid for, like, valet parking, I would have been mad at him. But that wasn't (laughs) the situation at all. He said, I'm, and he said, I should have told you. I said, yeah, you probably should have told me. I said, because I just was, like, wandering around that waterfront Marriott for about an hour and a half. So that was it. Okay. Wow. You could have done some investigation, Monica. That's for your investigator dinner. There you go. <laughs> I should have done some investigating. Okay, just one little cute, just this little tidbit. So last weekend before I went into work, you know how I like to read the New York Times of Vows column? Yes. Where they, where they have all the wedding announcements. So I know we haven't done this in a while, but there was just this amazing story about a New York couple, sort of the ultimate Met Cute. New York couple that got married and their first names were Maeve and Joshua and Liz. I know you're not going to believe this. You lived in New York city for many years. Uh-huh. They met on the subway. No. How is that possible? I, I, I know. They, I mean, of course you, I mean, you bump into a lot of people on the subway. So that part of it is possible encounters, but that it could ever be positive strangers encountering on the subway. That's a shocker. <laughs> And and so, Liz, they, they rode the same, the four train, for years together, and she, they never spoke to each other, and she just developed this sort of wild crush on him and always tried to get his attention. She said he was always, like, reading a newspaper, staring at his iPod, and she said then... You know, she didn't see him for like six, and she she referred to him as her subway crush. Uh-huh. And she didn't see him for a month, and she got really worried, and she got really depressed, and she told herself, you know, if I ever see that guy on my train again, I'm going to talk to him. And sure enough, after a month went by, he showed up in her car, and she just said, I'd like to talk to you, and, you know, gave him her business card. And they got married. <laughs> oh my God, that is fantastic! That is a fantastic story. I Ju- know. Julie, were you trying to get in? I was trying to say, I, that's what her, was her opening line. I'd like to talk to you. That's I great. Think, I think it was. I think it was. She just said, "I've been. I've noticed you for you know four years uh, in my car." Yeah, she said, "I really wanted to. I've always wanted to talk to you," and that was it. That is so great that you really, you know, because you say that to yourself all the time, like, okay, if I got another chance at that, or if that, if this comes around again, this time I'm really going to do something. But you don't always do that, even when you're having that conversation with your, so good for Maeve, I like it. 
I like it. Did they look cute in their pictures? Oh, adorable. Of course, they're an adorable couple. So then I'm reading, you know, they were one of the featured stories. And then you read down in the New York Times, if you've ever looked at the wedding page, they have a sort of list of names of couples getting married. All the way down at the bottom, there was a Leon that got married last weekend. A full-on L-I-A-N. And you, you just don't see that name that often. You never see that name. Oh, it was it was not Leanne. It was not Leon. <laughs> Lena. <laughs> Lena was it was Leon. I don't know what her last name was. Absolutely gorgeous, dermatologist, beautiful woman. Uh, I don't remember her last name, and she got married. And then there was another couple, and uh, their names just they they, they sort of stood out uh, because. Their names were Teal and Tarleton. <laughs> Teal, T-E-A-L, like the color? T-E-T-E-A-L-E. Would that be Tealy? I think it would be Teal <laughs> yes. and Tarleton. And so then, of course, I had to go to the story, and I assumed, you know, those were their real names. I mean, their middle names, you know, like Susan Teal and Joseph yeah. Tarleton. Yeah. No, their names were Teal and Tarleton, and I think they were made for each other. <laughs> Well, I mean, there are so many more unusual names that have come up in the last generation that all those unusual names are going to start marrying each other now, right? You're yes. going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot of hunters marrying hunters yes. and Madisons marrying Madison, <laughs> right? Because those are both boys and girls' names, right, right? Right. I mean, yes. There's been so much debate about like same-sex marriage. What about same-name marriage? How how do we feel about that? When the Madisons marry the Madisons, it's just we got to let it all go, right? It's just okay. All right, and we're back. This is a sudden change. We just had Annabelle Needle dial in. Of course, that is Sheila's code name on Skype if you are ever trying to find her. So, Sheila Dolan, welcome to Satellite Sisters, and happy birthday, sister. Thank you. Oh, thank you, sisters. It's good to be here. Happy birthday to (laughs) me. Happy birthday, Sheila. Happy birthday to you. So, what are you actually doing on the big day, Sheila? Well, I really spent most of my day yesterday celebrating. Um, So uh, basically my birthday started with my daughter Ruth sending me what I wanted, which was oil of Olay Regenerist Treatment (laughs) Plant. (laughs) Nice. How sweet and thoughtful. I have the cream, I have the night cream, and I have the um, intense wrinkle remover. So I'm set in that department. Okay, good, good. What Um, else? Then I went to TJ Maxx um, on a hot summer day, on a hot fall day in Pasadena, just to cool off. And I bought myself a little black blazer for my birthday. Mm. Very nice, Sheila. That that sounds nice. With young, fresh skin, a nice black blazer, good idea. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, my, my plan for the fall is to wear real clothes. Yes, Structure. Structure. Right. You're looking for a, a soft structure, I think. So I'm now wearing pants with waistbands. Uh-huh. Adding um, some structure to your face. <laughs> <laughs> some scaffolding um, to hold it all up. I'm wearing shirts with, shirts with buttons, which yeah. I've never worn before. Right. So you're moving out of the cozy clothes into... Totally. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I see... I see what you're doing here. All right. Totally, Liz. So, Julie, you'll be happy to know I bought a Tory Birch black blazer on sale. 
Sheila. I, I, Tori, I think you and Tori can go a long way together. <laughs> as long as she's always on sale. Right. So she was she was half price off, and then I, I got a very generous gift card on my birthday from one of the parents that I applied towards the black blazer. Nice. Okay. So that was great. And then what else did I do? Oh, I did the uh, 70 minutes of reflexology. <laughs> that is very good, Sheila. That sounds like a lot, actually, to me. I've just... I, no, the birthday didn't stop. No, it's not, it's not done yet. No, and I just again. meant 70 minutes of reflexology. <laughs> it seems like after about 20, how much more <laughs> of your feet could there be left to touch? But, oh, okay. no, this was, this was a body and foot combination list. Oh, oh okay. Okay, that's good. And she the man was at that place in Pasadena where you go yes. and they wash your feet and then they yes. climb on top of you and start pounding on your shoulders. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that place. Leon took me there. And the body and soul. And the man said, next time, 30 minutes on shoulders, you are very hard in your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which well. I had a rough week. I mean, I had a rough week going into my birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids were very emotional this week. Um, <laughs> and and then last night I did a movie, um, um, Saturday night, date night with my friend. No, it's not a male date, a friend, a female friend, my friend Christina. We went to P.F. Chang's. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> to get all saltied up. Well, they have the new gluten-free menu. I don't know if you're familiar. No. <laughs> oh, no. That now you're really partying, Sheila. I am partying hard, Julie. Gluten-free <laughs> lettuce cups. <laughs> and a, a side of steamed broccoli. Wow. Wow, and a spritzer with the... <laughs> and we had cranberry spritzers. And yeah. then we went to see the new movie, Lawless. Oh, Ooh. it was heaven with Guy Pierce, Shia LaBeouf. Tom Hardy. I love him. Um, who else? I mean, just hunk after hunk. It was great. It that was is a birthday gift to yourself right there. Yeah. <laughs> Sheila, you are the only person in the world I know who's even talked about that movie, never mind gone to see it. I guess I thought it had already opened and closed or hadn't opened yet or something. Was it good? I think it's so unfair. This movie's so fantastic. It's about 1931 bootleggers. You know I love westerns and shoot 'em up. It's very violent. It's a very artistic. Um, it's an Australian director uh, who directed this other incredible western with Guy Pearce. Um, so, I mean, the whole cast was either English or Australian, except for Shia LaBeouf. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. And and then what did I do? And then I, I came home and um, that's it. You know, that's that was my birthday. It was very satisfying. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, I'm glad you actually made it just in time for a couple of things I wanted to mention about fashion and beauty, which you know is really not my normal department. So not, no, go ahead, Liz. No, so I was not trying to take over your role, uh, but I'm glad you're here because I would put both of these stories under the overall umbrella of things I did not know were things. You know, <laughs> like okay. I didn't. I feel like I'm curious. 
Now you're curious, Julie? Yeah, this is things I did not know were things. The, the first one is a little more obvious, but this was in, um, in the latest issue, in the October issue of O Magazine. And, you know, Adam Glassman is the fashion editor there. And what I like about the fashion in O Magazine is I think they do a good job doing real clothes for real people. Wouldn't you say that? Yes. Totally. Yes. Totally. It's not so high end or, and it's all different kinds of bodies and all different kinds of ages. So I enjoy that. But in the October issue, Adam added a little fashion glossary because there are so many more clothing and accessory hybrids, hybrids, sisters. He wanted us to understand some of the new fashion hybrids. And he did point out that unlike (laughs) jeggings, which, of course, Sheila, now you've given up. But you, you've been rocking the jeggings for several seasons, right? Yes, I have, Liz. Yeah, well, he would like to point out that unlike jeggings, these styles actually are flattering. <laughs> <laughs> so the first that is only a step away from the jegging is, of course, a thing I did not know was a thing. And it's called the pajant. Which would oh be, my God! Uh, what is that? Which would be your pajama and your pant together into a single item that is a pajant. See, I object to that. That's what everyone in Southern California already—they already wear just the pajamas out on the street. <laughs> so I, I object to that, Liz. But go ahead. Object. Okay. Well, the next one I think actually is something you might actually wear, Julie, or are already wearing, and that is the coat again. That is where your coat meets your cardigan. Oh, and, oh, oh. and it's a codigan. I can see you, Julie Dolan, in a codigan. I, I would like to. See, I'd like a codigan. I, I eat no. some codigans. Yes, Monica, codigan would be good. Codigan is sort of the perfect combo for Portland weather. Yes, uh, I know uh, where you can get codigans. Where TJ at TJ Maxx on the Tory Burch rack? Yes, really? Yes, she had codigans. They were really cool looking. Okay, and then the third one, this is the last one in Adam's Fashion Glossary, which I think, you know, but for your bunions, this might be a good look for you, Sheila. But this would be where your shoe meets your booty, which, of course, is a shabooty. Oh, I love that look. So so you got your, your, your pajants with your codigan over it, and then your shabooties. Anyone wearing shabooties currently, Monica? No? Heck no. No. Julie? No, but it'd be perfect for walking your labradoodle, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that is the fashion things I did not know were things. But this one is even more of a mystery. Uh, This is a new beauty service thing busting out in Santa Monica, California. I just walked by this new shop on Montana Avenue today, and it's so... Uh, captivated me that I took a picture with my iPhone of the sign in the window about what these people think they're going to do in this shop. Because the actual name wouldn't really tell you anything. This place is called The Brute. B-R-O-O-T. The Brute. What what is that? Okay, well, you know, there are all these kinds of, like, cosmetic bars that have popped up, hair bars. Julie was saying before we started recording, right, like, the dry bar is a big thing now where you just go in and you get blow dries. Well, this is the next, the brute is the next step beyond that because here's the way they describe themselves, and I still don't know what they do. So it's like, 
we are the first ever all-natural hair treatment bar that uses ingredients such as avocados, bananas, (laughs) mayonnaise, eggs, and more to to nourish, moisturize, restore, and repair your hair. Our brute tenders will mix up a customized blend of raw organic ingredients oh, gross. To, to treat your tresses. Oh, oh this is incredible. This is the juice bar has met. Uh, yes, at, at the, the dry head. bar. The dry okay. bar. Okay, oh, this gosh. is to treat your tresses. The, the clock is ticking. Now you have like seven days, you know, the way all of these hospitals work. You're like, you're in and you're out in such a short period of time. So now everything has been compressed. And this week we did make a series of even more dramatic decisions, right, Very Julie? dramatic decisions. Because our dad just, he is in a category where he has advanced Alzheimer's, but he is not sick. He doesn't have any underlying illness, uh, such as a heart condition or, you know, cancer. Um, but we have made, you know, as a family, I think a pretty dramatic move. It, uh, we have decided we're going to move, move dad to Texas. He's coming to Dallas and dad is coming next Sunday. Uh, so next Sunday, I don't know if I'm going to be available to do the podcast <laughs> because I have a whole new life. And also coming to Texas, uh, very shortly is also our mom. And, uh, you know, obviously she wants to be with dad, but more importantly, mom is coming to live uh, with my husband and I because, um, you know, that for some people, independent living is great. That's what they want. That's, that's what, you know, you, you know, as children, you should try to do is protect and preserve your parents' right to live independently. And what we've observed with our mom is independent living is not, that's not right for her. No, it's not. Right. to be surrounded by family. She needs to have family interaction every single day. And it's not as if she wasn't, you know, I know all the sisters and brothers that live in the Southern California area, everybody called, went to see mom, did stuff with mom all the time. But she needs, she, you know, she needs, she still had a lot of time all by herself. And that It's not, it wasn't good for her. It's not right. So, um, so mom is coming to live with me. How about that? (laughs) Oh, and so yesterday was the day, Monica and Sheila, you both know this, but yesterday was the day where Julie and I had to pitch this whole plan to, to mom. So we had already, like we had a siblings conference call on uh on thursday night all the brothers and sisters were together on the phone and we talked through every element of this plan like who's doing what when when should dad move when should mom move of course we're all incredibly grateful to you julie for even creating this as a as an option uh but we had so we had made all of these decisions without telling our mother um but because we knew that her mind would immediately go to oh my god but this is impossible how would we do this? I, how will your father get to Dallas? How will, how will my thing, well, I do with my apartment, all of that. So we had to anticipate all of her questions and have solutions to that. Right, Julie? And I think we did. I think we had anticipated most of the things that instantly came to her mind. Right. And this is where having seven brothers and sisters really, really helps because um, they're different teams doing different things. And I think because everybody has been so involved in you know, trying to help mom and dad, you know, uh, you know, with our, our dad's Alzheimer's and mom, that people just pitched in and we had, we had responses to pretty much everything. So 
you know, we, we have this plan, and now, as Leanne wrote in an email, she said, here we go, and here we go. We are <clears throat> taking steps to, uh, to make this change. I think it's going to be very, very positive for both our, you know, both our dad and for our mom. And what did I say on the phone call, sisters? You remember, I, I'm not a saint, and I am not a martyr here. I said that everybody's going to come to Dallas now. To see mom and dad, and to uh, and to spend time with them. So it's. I think it's. I think it's going to be the right decision for everybody. Yes. First, we got to get them out of here. So we got to. There are a lot of moving parts to that. Uh, we have two. Our two older brothers both coming into town next weekend to help engineer this move. So it really is all hands on deck. Leanne and her husband have done a lot of the short-term, short-distance moving around. And Leanne has also volunteered for anything that actually needs to be driven to Texas. She can just load up that minivan and hit the road. So, she, so we'll, see, we'll see how that happens. But anyway, it is. It's, what is so shocking to me is that all the way along, we were being so careful about all the decisions we made and researching things. But then once you kind of unleash this process, once we moved dad the first time, then all of this stuff starts to happen that you just do not anticipate. And right. that's so it's been really, really surprising. And I got to say, in some cases, shocking uh, what has unfolded in the last uh, four months. But here we go again, right? Right. Well, I think when I talk to friends whose parents have had Alzheimer's, that every, every condition is totally different, and you can't predict what's going to happen at the end. Everyone, everyone says that to me. They didn't predict what would happen to their parents, and you just have to take it one day at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's been, it has been really hard on our mother. I mean, we actually, we thought that caring for my father 24-7 was the hardest part and that she would, that her health and that she would actually start to improve uh, once we moved our father to a memory care unit. And that is just not what happened. And uh, so I, just as an example, our mother, who's always taken fantastic care of herself, I called her this morning because I'm going down there a little bit later. And I said, I'm, um, I'm stopping at the grocery store. Is there anything you need? And here was her shopping list. This is not like mom at all. So I will share this, that she had three items on her shopping list. One was court aid for her shoulder pain. One was Advil. And one was Vanilla Hagen dazs <laughs> so. that, That's a good combo because I'm with my Advil. Okay. Oh my God, Cordaid, Advil, and Vanilla Hagen dazs <laughs> So uh, anyway, um, but so, you know, I have I have a business. I, I have a real business opportunity. I feel in the same way that there was there is a whole industry in baby proofing homes. Uh, I think that, uh, and, and perhaps there is, and if people know about one, I'd like to know about it. But I'm like looking around my house and I need to senior proof my home uh, mm -hmm. to, to make it more comfortable for my mom. I have two stories and I have to say, girls, I was on the internet early this morning looking at the Sterling 1000, which is a, a chip lift that go upstairs. Yes, and I'm very attracted to the Sterling 1000. I think it's going to be a big addition to the house to just have a chair to help my mom go up and down the stairs because she'll be st uh, staying upstairs. Um, so, um, but really, senior proofing your house, I think mm -hmm. that. 
that is, um, there's a great opportunity there because it, you do need help. And I want to make sure that she's, she's comfortable here too. You, you know what? Here's that. Okay. Go ahead, Monica. She's going to be so much happier living with you. So you much. Know, she just, it's really just wonderful that you're going to take her. You yeah. know, they're just really going to be happy there. Yes. You know, and another issue that came up over the last month that we thought we were totally on top of, and it turns out we were not, was the whole issue of our, our, our father's advanced directive yeah. and the DNR and all of those things. And here's what, this was a, a revelation to me. I mean, we had done all of that work and filled out the forms and had it notarized three years ago when our dad was still very healthy. So he had left the, you know, filled out the forms about what he wanted his end of life instructions to be. But then Monica, as you know, like once you get into the actual facts of things that are happening to an older person at their end of life, these areas become grayer and grayer. And you were incredibly helpful two weeks ago with the um, hospital where he is now, just helping helping us to figure out like... What do we want him hospitalized for? Right. What do we want him treated for? What's sort of likely to happen to him now? And... You sort of have to think about all those different scenarios before they happen. And you get caught up in the emotion of the moment and trying to resuscitate someone. And is that what we want to do? Was Yeah, it was just good to have all those discussions. So everyone... Monica, I'll be call- Monica, I'll be calling you this week because as Dad settles into his new... Uh, new place. Um, I'm sure that there'll be some new questions that I, I need your help on. So yeah. you know, that's, you've been, you were really, really been helpful to us and our family. So. Yeah. Some of these issues are just not as black and white as you think they are. So when they start asking you like, well, if he has pneumonia, which is likely in his case that he could contract pneumonia because Alzheimer's patients aspirate food into their lungs. Do you want him treated with antibiotics or not? Do you want him taken to the hospital or not? Do you want him put on a ventilator or not? And I just, I just didn't realize we were going to have to make that level of specific decision for a lot of these scenarios. So it's, um, uh, again, thank goodness that you, you work in a hospital environment. You know a lot of nurses that deal with uh, these things and the, what actually happens uh, when things start to happen. So that's just, I would say that as a, as a red flag to families who are out there dealing with this. Just because you ha- have what you think is the official paperwork done doesn't mean you've had all the conversations with each other that you really need to have. Um, uh, based on what the questions are that you're actually going to get from the hospital. Anyway, so uh, that, whoa, that is this week's roller coaster report. And uh, if last week was action-packed, this is certainly going to be a big one. We have, we have the extraction team fl- flying into town yeah. next weekend um, for the, the transportation to Dallas. And then uh, Leanne and I and others here in Southern California and Sheila will be working with mom on getting her packed and ready to go. And who knows what's going to happen next? You're right, Julie. You started with the excellent adventure meets, uh, what was the other one? Emily Snicket and a series of unfortunate events. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is that is exactly the combo we have right now. So um, So there you have it. And let's see, anything else? Uh, oh, yeah, Liz, I wanted to uh, shout out to Christine Mapes, who did the Alzheimer's Walk this past weekend. Oh, yes. Oh, that yes. was so sweet. 
in San Francisco. Uh, she did the memory walk to end Alzheimer's with her daughter. And she said she was thinking of the Dolan family. And she was going to put dad's, our family's name on the memory wall and walk in honor of everyone that has Alzheimer's. And she was just thinking about all the Satellite Sisters and our family. And just want to thank you, Christine. It's amazing. Yeah. That was incredibly sweet. All the messages. Remember, Satellite Sisters has a Facebook group, so if you're not a member of our group, please go there. We always post the new podcast there, but also there are good conversations going on there between you and us. Oh, and I got to say, people have asked a lot of questions this week about uh, Ferris's health status. My dog, you know, has lymphoma. And so that's been a little bit of a roller coaster, too. Um, but this morning, we were sitting on the floor together, and he was actually eating teeny tiny little bits of chicken and that was progress and uh because yesterday the only way i could get him to eat this was um uh he you know he's been he's being treated for lymphoma and some days he just doesn't want to eat at all but he has to eat otherwise he's just going to get weaker and so his dog walker slash uh co-parent uh mark uh who the sisters i know you've all met mark right Yes. Yes, I introduced you to Mark. Yes, you did. (laughs) So Mark came up with a solution last week, which has really been the most effective tool for getting Ferris to uh, take in food against his will. He went out and he got an oral syringe. And uh, so like you would use with a kid, I guess, and uh, not having had children, I guess that's what they're for. Uh, but and then you fill the oral syringe with the chicken baby food, which, oh. was, which was suggested by a satellite sister on the Facebook page. Thank you. And then you shoot the baby food into his mouth against his will, but he's forced to eat it. And uh, so that appears to be working. And yesterday I was on the phone with Mark thanking him for figuring that out. And this is a little bit of his history, which he has shared with me. He's like, well, if you want something like that figured out, you got to go to a drug addict. (laughs) And I was like, he said, you know, having spent 30 years of my life being convinced that the solution to everything came came in a needle, uh, that was just my natural way of figuring it out. Now, please don't be alarmed. Mark has been clean and sober for 16 years, I think it is. But anyway, he just thought um, he thought that he was particularly skilled to figure out how to use <laughs> some kind of a needle to solve this problem. So that's where it is with Ferris. We're just it's that's another day at a time situation, yeah. I would say. So, yeah. um, uh, but so far so good today. Let's see. Anything else, Sheila? Do you have any closing thoughts on your goals for this year? Anything? <laughs> stay, stay firm and stay fitted. That's all I want to say. Firm and fitted. Oh, and Julie, like your favorite new show of the year, a couple of weeks ago on the show, we were talking about the fact that you had just discovered Homeland and yes. how much you loved it. I hope you know tonight is the season two premiere. I'm, I'll be there, Liz. Uh, I am very, very excited. I was just re-watching the end of season one last night, so I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Okay, and I'll be, I'll be headed off today for a little uh, avocado mayonnaise treatment on my hair, I'm thinking, would be good. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a fermented egg. That sounds so gross. The brute. I don't even know what that means, B-R-O-O-T. Like, God only knows how much they're going to charge for something like that. <laughs> Montana Avenue. Oh, the Mosquito Drug Town will be on it. And they'll, Drug Town will be setting up a brief bar in the back <laughs> by the copier machine. 
All right, sisters. Uh, have a good week. Brood it up. Everyone, Thanks, brood it up. Uh, we're, the sa- we're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget. Call your Satellite Sister. Yeah, and happy birthday, Sheila. Thank you.